Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. One of the images that stands out from the Old Testament, an image that we talk about a lot because it's a little bit hard to understand. It's a little bit difficult in our day and time to figure out how it is that the way God dealt with things in the Old Testament is proper. I mean, just think about Uzzah. He was just simply trying to keep the Ark of the Covenant from falling off of that cart. And when he touched it, God struck him down. When Miriam challenged her brother Moses and said, God's also talking to me too, not just you. God struck her with leprosy right there. When Korah stole from the city that they were supposed to ransack and give everything to God, the city of Jericho, God called him out with all of that stuff to a place outside the camp. And everybody stoned him right there. And I can think about, and we could talk about how the Palestine land was conquered and what God did when he overthrew those people. And here's what I'm taking away from that for me. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give me, give us what we deserve? Amen. There are some difficult things about all of that in the Old Testament, I admit. And it's even difficult to think about the future in eternity of a hell, a devil's hell. That's tough. Tonight, we're actually going to ask the question, does eternal punishment contradict the mercy of God? And while those are very difficult topics and things that we talk about a lot and, and, and they really sometimes cause us trouble to try and figure out and harmonize. The one thing we can all take away is that we are blessed that God is merciful to us. Now, I know what mercy is. You've heard it. We've talked about it many times. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. God is merciful and he does not give what we deserve, but instead sets it aside to give us what we need. And I, like you, don't want what I deserve. When you got up and looked in the mirror this morning, did you see a person standing there 
and talk to yourself and to say, boy, you need work. You need help. God is being merciful not to punish me like I deserve because each one of us knows ourselves like no one else does. And we all stand under the judgment of God, but we're given the mercy of God. Today we think about mercy. I want us to think about it and then answer that question tonight as we deal with our continuing theme for the year, live the abundant life. To do that, I want to first begin with this beatitude. The beatitudes, all of them, are written in the same style, which is a command with a contingent blessing. And every one of these beatitudes says, do this and here's what's going to happen. So there is a contingent blessing resting on the fulfillment of a command that God has given to us. And that is consistent in Scripture. There are so many of those. If you forgive men their trespasses, God will also forgive you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. There is the contingent blessing of being forgiven by God because I am a forgiving person. There is the contingency. If a man wants to have friends, he must first show himself to be friendly. Proverbs 18 and verse 24. If you want to have the blessing of friends, then you have to be a friendly person. Contingency. Give. And it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your bosom. For with what measure you use, it will be measured to you. Luke 6 and verse 38, do you want to receive? Then you have to give. It's a contingent blessing. And whoever would save his life must lose it. Luke 9 says, I have to be one who understands the contingent blessings of God. God does not give all of his blessings outside of or in a contingent situation, but very many, maybe I would say most of them are. Now, I know Jesus said, God makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send his rain on the just and the unjust. That's not a contingent blessing. Rain and sun is just a normal, everyday, general blessing of God. But the contingency blessings are the things that we are concerned about just here. 
Because Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The language of the original sounds more like this. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be mercied. We add the word obtain, but it's not in the language of the Greek. It's just the word for mercy. And it says, do you want to be mercied? Then you better be a merciful person. Well, even though we understand the common definition of not getting what we deserve, I want to ask the question, what does mercy look like? What does mercy look like? Turn to these passages, if you will, with me, and think for just a minute about what mercy looks like. If we're going to be merciful people, and if we want to have the mercy of God, then we certainly must understand what mercy looks like. And I begin for this in Luke chapter 6. In Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Therefore, be merciful, even as your Father is also merciful. Number one, mercy looks like God in action. That's what it looks like. The idea of mercy is God in action. Now, in a general way, the world doesn't do a lot of mercy as we understand the term. And so when we see mercy, we see God in action. It is God who is merciful. What about all those people we read about in the Old Testament and, and what we just talked about and what happened to them? Yeah. But think about all the other people that stayed alive and were not punished. Think about the children of Israel who kept going against God and turning their backs on him over and over and over. And he just continued to work with them. Sure, there are instances of God's immediate punishment. But when you really consider it, you see that God is a merciful God. So when I see mercy in action, I see God in action. Because God is a merciful God. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We learn the next thing about what mercy looks like. It looks like the better sacrifice. Verse 9 or 13. Go and learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, 
but the sinners to repentance. Now, on the one hand, it sounds like he's saying, I want mercy instead of sacrifice. It's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, I want the sacrifice of mercy over the sacrifice that you are accustomed to, which is just giving something of an animal or whatever in sacrifice to me. It goes back to what happened with King Saul when he was told to conquer that group of people. And in God's righteous judgment, kill all of them and get rid of everything because they're evil. That's my punishment on them. And instead, he brought back animals to sacrifice to God. And through the prophet, God said, I want obedience, not sacrifice. But obedience was a sacrifice. It was the better sacrifice than what Saul wanted to offer. And now Jesus says, mercy is the better sacrifice than the sacrifice you can come up with. So when I see mercy in action, I'm seeing the image of a better sacrifice. It looks like a sacrifice. It looks like an offering to God when I am merciful. The other passage is Matthew 23 in verse 23. Jesus there is rebuking the scribes and the Pharisees because they position themselves as these great religious and holy people, and yet they were not doing the things that the law demanded to do, and Jesus called attention to them. You, verse 23, tithe of mint and anise and cumin. In other words, you go to your personal gardens and you pluck off a tent of each plant to give to God. Look how detailed is your tithing, but you forsake the weightier matters of the law, mercy, faith, and justice. When I see mercy, I'm actually seeing the weightier thing, the better thing. I'm seeing an important appointment that I need to keep. Now that's what mercy looks like. This is what it appears to be. And therefore God says, if you're going to be merciful, this is what it looks like. This is what you're going to see. This is what you do. Well, let's contrast that. What does vengeance look like? If I'm not practicing mercy, then I'm practicing vengeance. So what does vengeance look like? Well, let's see what God says about vengeance. Number one, he says, vengeance looks like me in action. 
not God in action. Romans 12, verse 17. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. That same theme is addressed again in 2 Corinthians 8 and 1 Timothy chapter 5. The idea is, I, he says, don't repay evil, but I do good. When therefore I am vengeful, when I get you back, when I respond in kind to how you have responded to me, I don't see God in action. I see me in action. This idea of seeing me instead of God is me taking the place of God in that moment and deciding that through my vengeance, through my reaction, I am going to punish you. Because you deserve it. That's not what God does. Therefore, God says, when you practice vengeance, that's you. It's not me. Number two, vengeance says... That's not sacrifice. It's selfishness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15, there's a little additional phrase. Do not give evil to evil for responding to people, but do what is good for yourselves and for all men. Mercy is a selfless act. And the more I practice mercy, the more selfless I am. But when I respond in kind, when I fire back because you fired at me, now that's selfish. Because that's not what's best for me. I think that's what's best for me. I get my pound of flesh. I get to feel like I have not been stomped on and walked on and I'm tough and I'm mean and I'm going to show you. But that's not best for me. What's best for me is for me to be selfless through mercy, not through vengeance. Finally, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, he said it this way, Do not give evil to evil. Why? For to this you have been called. You know what vengeance is? It's an unwanted call. Do you get tired 
of those calls that are constantly popping up on your phone? Do you wonder how it is these people have gotten really smart? I made a mistake. See, it was a local number. Well, somebody wants to talk to me. So I answered it. No. Some national group using a local number just so I would answer it got me on the phone. That's deceptive. That's not wanted. And I get tired of it. And if I've ever hung up on you, it's because your name is not in my contact list. Because when a number pops up, if it doesn't have a name attached, it does not get answered. Because they're unwanted calls. Think about vengeance. We're called to mercy. But when I turn around and respond in kind, that's just like an unwanted call that every one of us is just tired of getting. So, a few more thoughts about mercy. If we're going to be merciful people, we need a few more thoughts to help us understand what it's about. Look at Jude, verse 22. One chapter, therefore, verse 22. Jude writing there says, and this is in regards to this abundant life that we want to live. If I want to live an abundant life, I need to include these thoughts about mercy. On some, he says, have compassion, snatching them out of the fire. Be merciful. In other words, there are some people that need mercy, and you need to work with them to get them back. There are others, he goes on to say in the next verse, but those you rebuke, you deal with them. But there are some people, you don't just hand out mercy indiscriminately. You just don't. We don't want as it relates to the punishment of crime we don't just indiscriminately hand out mercy you killed that person uh, it's okay today you get mercy makes no sense you robbed a bank today you get mercy makes no sense but in our interactions with people do not just hand out mercy indiscriminately. There comes a time that some things have to be dealt with. I get it. But be merciful until that point comes. Because that's what God expects us to do. A second thought comes from Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 39. It was there that Jesus made these words that are tough as well. If anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other also. If anyone sues you and wants to take your cloak, give him your coat too. Mercy demands that we accept one more 
offense. Oh, I know that there comes a time when things must be handled. But we're talking about the life in general. Just take one more offense. So what if that person was mean to you today? You don't need to respond. Just let it go. And if they do it again tomorrow, just be merciful and think they're having a bad day. Let them go. Not everything that people say, not everything that people do, not all damages done to me need an immediate counterproposal, an immediate lashing, an immediate vengeance on their behalf because we want to be merciful people. And even there comes a time when things must be handled, it still should not take away from our lives of being merciful people. God is merciful. But there were times when something had to be done. I want to close with one more comment. One more comment to help us from Romans chapter 12 understand one more point about mercy. Any act of mercy done without an attitude of mercy is not actually mercy. In Romans 12, he says, how to use these talents and gifts and commands. And he says, practice mercy with cheerfulness. So, someone is mean to me. And I don't respond in kind, so that's a merciful act. I don't immediately lash out. But they can see on my face and in my attitude that I don't like it that I didn't do it. You can see the teeth are clenched. And the fists are balled up. And maybe the red is rising out of your collar. But you don't do anything. That's not really mercy. Because mercy is not only an action. It's also an attitude. And God wants us to be merciful people. For one reason to obtain mercy, to be mercied. But if I never lash out, if I never respond in kind, if I never beat somebody up on social media, if I never egg somebody's house, if I never do those kinds of things, but yet I have this less than kindness in my heart. Do you think God sees 
me as a merciful person just because of the things I did not do? Or is he also seeing my attitude? And will he, in seeing a less than merciful attitude, respond to me being merciful? I don't think so. We need to be careful. Now, I admit, eternal punishment sounds contradictory to the mercy of God. We're going to think about that tonight. But before we do, remember this. You don't have to be under the eternal punishment of God. If you're a child of God, eternal punishment's not even in your mind. Romans 8 verse 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Don't even be concerned about it. But if you're not a Christian, God is being merciful to you to this day. Allowing you another time and another opportunity. One day, it'll have to be dealt with. But not today. Until you have a chance to be right with God the first time. Or right with God again. If you're ready for God to be merciful by granting you a salvation that you've never had or that you want to retrieve again. Our shepherds will meet you here. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.